You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. You're listening to Showbiz Kid, a new miniseries from The Ensemblist, the only podcast that shows you Broadway from the inside out. I'm Mo Brady. There isn't a theater choreographer more associated with their own unique style than Bob Fosse. The infamous Oscar, Emmy, and Tony-winning director and choreographer created his own signature technique that distinguished shows like Chicago, Pippin, and Damn Yankees into dance masterpieces. While it was derived from East Asian dance, Jack Cole's movement, traditional theater dance, Fosse created an entirely new style of movement, a style so singular that it is still taught today and known only as Fosse. This April, FX launches a new limited television series, Fosse Verdon. It's based on the 2013 book by Sam Wesson, with a focus on his marriage and collaboration with Gwen Verdon. Since Bob Fosse's work is so pivotal to the history of American musical theater, I wanted to take an opportunity to learn about the series from some of the ensemblists who are participating in it. So over the next few weeks, as the show is rolling out on television, We will also be producing podcast events about the show's creation with Broadway ensemblists who have worked on the series. First up is performer, choreographer, director, extraordinaire, she wears so many hats, Morgan Marcel. She made her Broadway debut as one of the original swings on Hamilton. She became one of the dance captains there and has worked side by side with Andy Blankenbuehler, the show's choreographer, on Bandstand, as well as on Fosse Verdon. Um, She'll also be seen later this summer in Moulin Rouge, the musical. It's a collaboration with choreographer Sonia Taya, who she also worked with on Rent Live on Fox. I sat down with Morgan to ask her about how she was brought onto the project, what she thought has been particularly special for her about the experience, and what she thinks that audiences will really get most out of the show. So here's my conversation with Morgan Marcel. Hi. Hi. Will you introduce yourself and tell us your role on Fosse Verdon? Sure. I am Morgan Marcel, and I was the assistant choreographer for the first three episodes, and I was also um, an actor in the other three episodes. So what was your relationship to Fosse prior to working on the show? Had you done any of his pieces before? Um, I actually had never performed Fosse material insert gasp. Um, but I was really familiar just kind of with the style. I think I've worked with Andy Blankenbuehler a lot. Uh, and I really admire um, the Fosse style. And so I think it's kind of just it's a foundation that you should have if you're going to pursue musical theater, in my opinion. And so I had kind of studied it a little bit, but I had never gotten the pleasure of performing it. So it was very cool to learn um, from, you know, the Fosse legacy, what we were going to be doing. And for those of us that don't know your relationship with Andy Blankenbuehler, like prior to this, kind of walk us through. So I was the dance captain of the tour of In the Heights for Andy. Uh, and he was in rehearsal, the rehearsal process with us for that. So I kind of, he kind of got to see me work and I got to see him work, obviously. Uh, and then I had done a lot of pre-production with him, which is where, you know, you go into a studio and you're creating a vocabulary for the choreographer that they can then mold and shift and use um, and adapt for their work uh, on Broadway or for their piece, whatever it is. And then I was the dance captain, uh, originally a swing, but 
eventually a, a dance captain for um, for Hamilton on Broadway. And so I had a great relationship with Andy then, understanding, you know, bringing my previous knowledge from In the Heights in and just really learning a lot on that job. I emailed him in the fall before Moulin Rouge even went to out of town to Boston in the summer. And I said, hey, if you have anything that's going to be on film or, you know, filmed for TV, I would love to be an assistant because I'm trying to get my eye more into directing and I know your vocabulary so well. I think it would be easy for me to assist you and, you know, you would you would gain as well. And he called me in like April and said, hey, we're filming this thing this fall. It's this project I can't talk about. Tommy is directing it. Lynn is a producer. Alex is working on the music. And all of these people also worked on Hamilton, obviously. So I'd love to have you assist me. And I was – he said it was an eight-part miniseries, and then eventually he said it's about Fosse. I mean, I basically died and went to heaven. I was like, this is more than I asked for. I was thinking like a commercial, <laughs> uh, but great. And so I then started working on the project and kind of started researching and um, – overseeing the training of Michelle Williams and Sam Rockwell. So at that point, I had only ever met Michelle and Sam very briefly just to kind of introduce myself as the assistant choreographer and someone they could rely on for questions and and reference and just kind of build myself into the team. Uh, We had someone named Marianne Lamb um, who is – extraordinary she's like every should be every dancer's hero she's so full out all the time and she was training them in fossiography um and then we kind of switched off and i was teaching them some jazz ryan kasperzak was teaching them some tap uh and then i was overseeing all the scheduling and just you know talking to michelle's manager and then coordinating with marianne lamb and andy on what exactly he wanted them to learn so that was my role prior to moulin rouge went away to do moulin rouge came back and then Marianne and I were switching off training with them, um, you know, three days a week, whenever they really could. And then it got really rigorous when we got into filming uh, in October because, you know, they were filming six days a week. And so if it was just a scene with Sam Rockwell, then we would pull Michelle to train with her and vice versa. So they, I mean, they worked their butts off. It's, It's pretty crazy. And what was your relationship to being on the other side of the camera prior to working on Fosse Verdon? I have always kind of seen things in frames. That's just been my whole life. And I always, those that are close to me know I always have a camera with me. Um, And I had directed my first short film, Sharing Your Stories. And it's a 10-minute documentary about the the Eliza Project, which I founded in um, while I was in Hamilton. And so that was kind of my first real taste of what it was like to produce something myself and to really see what goes on behind the camera. And now this was like, take that and multiply it by like a million. And, you know, you have Tim Ives as the director of photography who, you know, did Stranger Things and Girls and some of House of Cards. And you're like, wow, they are the best of the best. So it was really cool to learn from them in this project so I went from like little old me and two camera guys to watching what was going on and you know a real tv set talk about the Fosse legacy you mentioned that and you mentioned Marianne Lamb sort of how did you get not in doctrine but like what did you learn about the Fosse style I can only imagine that I would feel as protective about Andy Blankenbuehler's work as these men and women feel about Fosse's, though Fosse is, you know, has proven to be more extensive because Andy is still living and creating and all those things. 
they manage it with such pride and um, they're so meticulous about the kind of person that you are in the room as well. Um, not only, you know, are you getting the, sh- you know, shoulder, elbow, wrist, hand, but are you also attacking it as an actor and not just as a dancer? And so they use a lot of Bob's words, a lot of Bob's stories, his examples. I mean, the stories that they brought into the studio were mind-blowing. You know, there's a story that um, they told us about Bob taking the pianist to a grocery store on lunch. And he was like, you have to keep the time consistent, you know, while we run this stuff. The pianist was like, yeah, yeah, I get it. And Bob said, put your hands on the conveyor belt and try to stop the conveyor belt. And this pianist did it, and he obviously couldn't. And he was like, see, the conveyor belt is time. It always keeps going, and it's consistent, and you'll never stop it. And just like those, you know, kind of larger than life stories and and you know they were there and they experienced those things it was it was really cool and it felt like we were continuing a legacy um, and we were hopefully doing it justice and telling another side to the story because I think a lot of people know that Fosse was really successful he was a great choreographer he might have been like a little bit of a maniac but the other side of the story is you know his personal life and the other side of the story is Gwen you know that's why the series is called Fosse slash Verdon, um, because I think it was equal parts and people don't necessarily know that. I'm intrigued by this idea of like doing training with an actor like Michelle Williams or Sam Rockwell. I, I would be kind of nervous or I wouldn't. Know. How do you approach working with, you know, like the, the star of the show and also like what are you teaching them if it's not just choreography, if it's not just what's going to be on camera? I think I'm able to make it about the work and less about who they are, right? Because At the end of the day, all three of us, if it's Sam, Michelle, and I, all three of us are just artists trying to be the best at what we do. And that's what they bring into the room. Like, they don't care that they've been in movies and inhabited roles and all these things. They're like, what do you need me to do and how do I look exactly like you? Or how do I look exactly like this Fosse legacy person? Or, you know, whatever it is. Um, And so... Marianne and and a lot of other, um, you know, legacy people came in to teach them and they were teaching them actual technical things and the actual choreography of what Fosse taught or, or choreographed. We in the beginning were teaching them fundamentals like let's do a ballet bar. Let's get your stamina up. Let's sing while you're doing jumping jacks like that actual kind of training. Sam also had a personal trainer that, you know, he sent us a video one time of him doing flea hops for the dancers that know what that is. But he was doing flea hops with his trainer on like a pulley attached to a weight so that when he did the flea hop away from the weight, it would make it easier when he went on stage and did it. So those kind of things that you're like, oh, you're really into this. Okay, cool. Um And so I think you just have to approach it, like I said, like you're all somehow equals and you're all experts at what you do. And so if you just bring that to the table, then you're going to make the product better. Um, And I think it was a lot about confidence. Isn't it always about confidence? Like it doesn't really (laughs) matter what you're doing, but if you're confidently doing it, you know, if you're confidently failing, then you're not failing. So that's kind of what we also had to indoctrinate them with is like, you're good at this. You look great. Now just go and sell it. Put the costume on and, you know. As confident as you are in the words and your acting choices, you have to be in this choreography. Were you involved at all in the casting process? I was slightly. (laughs) Andy sent me an email when I first got hired and he said, look up all these actors and tell me who has dance training. But it's people like Charlize Theron. 
Like, look that person. I was like, are you kidding? This is weird, you know? But I felt like really cool and official doing it. Um, I didn't have anything to do with um, a lot of the principal um, casting, but we held auditions, you know, in September and Andy relied on me heavily if he didn't really know someone. Maybe he didn't hasn't hadn't worked with them yet. And so I kind of got to chime in about, you know, oh, they're fierce in this capacity or they um, are really great at the Fosse style because they've studied and you just didn't know that or those kinds of things. And so I helped a little bit in the casting process, which was um, really also eye-opening because things happen so fast. And it kind of gave me this perspective like – you go in the room and if, again, you're confidently doing something and you leave and you don't get called back or you don't – whatever. It's like it just is what it is. Someone else is going to get that job and then while they're working that job, you're going to book something else they can't book. Like it just – it's so fast. Describe fast. <laughs> like they add dancers, let's say. They add a transition and Andy emails me and says – I don't necessarily uh, care who it is. These are all capable dancers. Help me choose. And in an email, I'm making or breaking not necessarily someone's career, but you know what goes with getting a job. It's like the confidence boost and the excitement to go to work and the paycheck and all those things. And then, you know, I email back because I happened to do a developmental lab with someone two days ago. Hey, that person's great. You know what I mean? It's those kinds of things that are just like spontaneous decisions. So where did you film? We filmed all over the place. We filmed in Staten Island. We filmed in the Bronx. Um, we filmed at bars and hotels and things in the city. Uh, it was, yeah. And, and some of them were, I think one location was in Connecticut. So there were there were a couple locations for that. But in New York. Were the, like, rehearsal studios, we've seen stuff in the previews that look like rehearsal studios. Sure. Were those actual rehearsal studios? They were built. They were built oh. rehearsal studios. Yeah. And where were those? Those were in the Bronx. Yeah. Got it. And why would they build a rehearsal studio? Is it for lighting or because so they can move walls? or It's uh, a little bit of both. So Spender, for instance, we recreated Big Spender and, you know, the, the bar and all of that. And they built it so they could knock down a wall so that in scenes they could film Gwen and Bob intimately in a room. And then when they did Spender and they wanted to reveal the full lineup, they could knock down a wall and use a crane and, and kind of pull out. So that was really cool to watch. Uh, but the rehearsal studios, I think it's mostly about lighting because it had to be specific. They can put a lot of um, what they call atmosphere, which is sort of smoky uh, haze to make sure you can see the lighting. So I think they could just control more. How long were you on set? You said you worked on three episodes, kind of behind the scenes, and three episodes on camera. Um, take us through an episode. How many days did it take to film? What was your schedule like? Once we got into filming, my schedule was training Michelle and, and Sam mostly, probably three days a week. And in that time, we would have rehearsals for the upcoming episodes two to three days a week. And then I was on set a day or two. So it was, I mean, it sounds a little bit crazy, but um, actually the real work came in the organization of emailing and, you know, emailing the props person to make sure they're, they've coordinated with Andy and we've seen the sketch and our choreography is going to work and going to the location and making sure our spacing is going to work out and we can fit a camera, those kinds of things that Andy would send me to do if he wanted to be at rehearsal or I would hold the rehearsal if Andy wanted to go do the location kind of scouting thing. So that's kind of how a week would work. An episode usually took three weeks and sometimes they they would crossboard, which means they filmed two episodes at once the last week. But they tried to not do that because 
that's like shooting eight movies at the same time. You know, it was an eight-part miniseries, and each one is a different time period in Fosse's life. So, so yeah, those were kind of my weeks. And then and every three weeks, then you'd have another production meeting about the next the next episode. And usually that's with a different AD. And the AD is essentially a stage manager on Broadway, but they're the stage manager of the entire set and coordinating everyone. And so AD then you stands for assistant director. Yes, okay. assistant director. And so then it'd be like a new learning curve, a new kind of communication of how how you roll and reintegrating into a team. So it was very, very challenging to be behind the scenes. And then filming the episodes was one to two days of rehearsal and then one to two days of filming. Coming off of Rent Live, in broad strokes, how are those experiences different for you as a performer? Rent Live is like taking a Broadway show and extending it, the rehearsal process, over eight weeks instead of four. Mm -hmm. So by week six, I was like, are we going to do a musical or are we going to not do a musical? But it's because of the camera blocking. The camera blocking takes like two weeks. That's your sort of tech process. But you're already done. You've kind of figured out your character and your dance steps and the transitions and then you're waiting to integrate this other character of the camera. My performance in Fosse was much more straightforward and obviously shorter and I was recreating numbers that had already been done before. So with Sonia Taye, who was the choreographer of Rent Live, um, we were putting dance and rent, which had never been done before. So that was kind of new. And we were figuring out what the, that vocabulary was. And then with Fosse, it's like you're going back in time. You know, rent couldn't be more kind of contemporary. And Fosse couldn't be, you know, more obviously set in the past. Like we were inhabiting characters that were in the 70s. So that was that was really cool. And for people who haven't read the book, I highly recommend it. It's, it's like an amazing read. It's a fascinating. It's a dr- read. it's truly a drama. I mean, it makes sense why Tommy Kale, you know, was inspired to make this something that would last forever. What was like a wow moment for you? You sort of touched on working with Sam and oh, with there's Michelle. So, there's so many. I think there's a couple. One is when Sam grabbed me at the end of rehearsal and freestyle partnered with me. He was like swinging me around. He's actually a very good partner. And you could tell he was really having fun and he was really letting loose. And that was a fun moment for me because it it had always been, you know, me training him. And so I think finally he was like inhabiting this dance character that was really cool. And by couple, I mean like probably handful. (laughs) Um, And when Michelle got it like she relied on me and Marianne so heavily in terms of you know go over this with me what was the step she is a drill sergeant she is so great about being on top of it and disciplining herself and practicing when she let loose and she didn't need us anymore and she was on set really living in the moment that was like as a cool I did my job that's really awesome I gave her the confidence that she needed to inhabit this character I think the other, the last thing that I'll say is there's a woman, um, her name is Wilda, and she is a a camera operator. I was so inspired by her. They would call it going fishing, and they would say, just go fishing, Wilda, do whatever you want. And it's so she got to make up her own shot, what it looked like, what she wanted to focus on. And watching that camera, camera B, I was just so inspired by it, and I was so grateful that she's a female, and she's very successful. And she came up to me afterwards and was like, you're so good at what you do. I would love to film dance and theater more. How do I do that? And it was just this cool thing of like, you do this for a living, and you're great at it, and this feels like I'm stepping into a world, but really you're holding me accountable for the information that I do know, and you're coming to me with a lot of respect. And that was really cool too. 
Okay, so what episodes can audiences look for you in? They can look for me in episode one <laughs> and episode six and seven. Awesome. And it starts, it comes out April 9th? April 9th. I'm huh? very, very excited. I'm on very FX, excited yeah. too. I'm sure you're more excited. But <laughs> as a theater lover, I'll say that it's I'm gonna excited It's going to be really too. cool. Awesome. Special thanks to Morgan Marcel for sharing her stories with us this week. You can learn more about her and how to connect with her online by visiting our website, theensemblist.com. The Ensemblist was produced today by me, Will Brady. Please help others find out about The Ensemblist by rating and review us on Apple Podcasts. You can also download wherever you get your podcasts or at theensemblist.com. Follow The Ensemblist on Instagram to see the latest posts from our website where we are sharing the stories of ensemble actors from Broadway, film, TV, regional theater, West End. Really, if you can think of it, it's happening on our website. So check it out, theensemblist.com. Thanks for listening, guys. Until next time. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.